If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. You already know the fun of Kings Island. Blue ice cream for lunch, catching your breath between screams on the beast. But this summer at Kings Island, this is 50. Don't miss their 50th anniversary celebration all summer long with new shows, new food, and new fun. It's Kings Island's biggest summer yet. And now through August 14th, Kings Island is turning up the excitement with a daily 50 Years of Fun street party. It features dancers, music, and more commemorating the last 50 years. Make plans today at visitkingsisland.com. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. I love Friday nights here in the X-Zone. Two days off. Well, not really two days off because what we end up doing is we end up working on three of the six TV shows that we're putting together for Simul TV. And if you'd like to watch the X-Zone TV channel on Simul TV, it's www.simultv.com. Welcome back, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. And uh, we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And uh, to find out about the radio programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, it's www.xzbn.net. And as I said before, for all the programming available on the Exxon TV channel, 24-7-365 on Simul TV. Just go to www.simultv.com. Well, my guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Jim Barfield, and he is an award-winning arson investigator who has tuned, who has turned his investigative skills from the runes of criminal arson to the ancient rules of Qumran in the Judean desert of Israel. Jim's professional careers as an Army scout pilot, helicopter test pilot, training, advising, and counseling officer, and award-winning arson investigator for the Oklahoma area and internationally. His training seems to be odd, but uh, taking the combination to prepare a man to solve the mystery of the Copper Scroll... Uh, but many in Israel and antiquities authorities believe he has done it. Jim has spent the last nine years trying to get 
the Israeli officials to let him finish a superficial excavation conducted at Qumran based on his Copper Scroll project research in the year 2009. Joining me now is our guest this hour, Jim Barfield. And Jim, welcome to the X-Zone. And uh, hey, you guys in the arson squad, as an ex-cop, I really appreciate the hard work that you guys do. Thank you very much, Rob, and I'm very honored to be on your show. Thank you very much. Jim, what is the Copper Scroll Project? The Copper Scroll Project is actually uh, where I gathered some of my buddies together that mm-hmm. I knew were very interested in the kind of things that I was interested in, in right. biblical research. Uh-huh. But the scroll, the Copper Scroll, is a, actually a treasure map. And guys, I really don't like to call it that, but that's the most simple way for people to understand that this this copper document, which was found in Qumran, is has listed on it 57 at least 57 locations with incredible amounts of gold, silver gems, and more importantly, uh, some artifacts that are from the uh, heart of Israel's past. And the guys, it's it's just incredible what may be found there. Well, now I can understand why you call it a treasure map. My gosh, not only is there a treasure map in monetary terms, but in antiquity, and in my opinion, that is truly the treasure. You're right. The, the, the antiquities, the documents, and now listen, there's going to be, if I'm, if I'm correct on where these locations are at, and everybody believes, everybody that I've been working with mm-hmm. in Israel believes that I'm accurate and that it's correct, if those items are there, you're talking about a treasure trove of scrolls, of documents, of important artifacts from Israel's past that will just ignite the world's um, passion for understanding and uh, even religious fervor. So, Rob, it's a it's a very big deal. If in fact I'm correct, and again, uh, we won't know until we actually test the grounds of Qumran. Now, Jim, how did you go from being a retired fire investigator to get involved with the mystery of the CS? <laughs> actually, it was pretty simple. I actually became a, uh, a very enthusiastic researcher into the Dead Sea Scrolls probably in 2000, 2001, 2002, somewhere in there. And I began studying the scrolls, the Dead Sea Scrolls, about that same time. And I found so much information in there. And the, the Dead Sea, the Copper Scroll didn't mm-hmm. interest me because it was just a laundry list of gold, silver gems, artifacts, and it just didn't interest me. So I set it aside until I met this guy by the name of Bendel Jones. Bendel invited me to his home, and we sat down. He, he told me, he said, listen, if you want to understand prophecy, if you want to understand uh, scripture, he said the best thing you can do is try to understand the Copper Scroll, which he had been trying to do for many years by that point. And I, you know what? I took him up on it. Uh, it was in, I think, June of, uh, what, 2006? 2006 that I, that I met him. But it was in December of 2006 when I actually sat down to try to understand the Copper Scroll. And it was, it was a, it was a home run. It was out of the park. Whenever I began to uh, sit down and study it, uh, it wouldn't. It didn't take me very long at all. Whenever I began to understand what the Copper Scroll was actually referring to. 
Well, let me ask you this, Jim. What makes you so sure that you found uh, you, you found out how to understand this strange document if nobody has seen it? Well, the, the, the scroll, everybody's seen. I mean, everybody that's interested in Copper Scroll, they've seen it. What, what I have found is something much more interesting and as an investigator, and I'm sure you know this, mm -hmm. as an investigator, you have to provide the district attorney. It's what they call it here in the United States anyway. Yep. You have to provide the district attorney with ample evidence to issue a warrant for the arrest of whatever individual or individuals that are involved in this. So what I did is I approached it from that standpoint. I see. And I began to, I, I put together a 200, about 296 pages of research on this copper scroll mm -hmm. and, I, and I fashioned it in a way that as if it was as if I was trying to convince an, a, a district attorney to take the case and can try attempt to convict the individual that I had pinpointed but go ahead no I was just going to say up here they're called crown prosecutors Crown prosecutors, right? Because up here we are still, you know, we still have the Queen of England as our reigning monarch, and the prosecutor, where you have a district attorney, we have a crown prosecutor that represents the crown and anything to do with offenses under the Criminal Code of Canada. I see. Oh, I see. Yeah, you know, same church, different pew. <laughs> well, to follow up on what you were asking me. The research, the research is the biggest plus that I have. Okay. The, the, whenever I placed my research in front of the head of the Antiquities Authority of Israel, Shuka Dorfman, when I put it in front of the uh, lead archaeologist at Qumran, mm -hmm. when I put it in front of the, you know, the lead archaeologist for the National Parks Authority, every one of them, listen. Every one of them just rolled their eyes and thought, oh, my gosh, I've got some nut in my office. But I'm, and I'm not kidding you. Within 20 minutes, they would all be leaning forward, looking at the document going, oh, my gosh, I think this guy's done it. I mean, you can I've got pictures of uh, whenever I uh, presented my research to Shuka Dorfman, the head of the Antiquities Authority and to Yuval Peleg. Uh, and you can see it on my website. Yuval Peleg looked at my research, and in Hebrew, he told he told Shuka Dorfman, he said, I think this guy's done it. And it, it's been that way ever since. Even, even whenever, I, whenever I sat down with the uh, director of Masada, which mm -hmm. is an ancient fortress at a, uh, near the Qumran ruins, he arranged for a meeting with the National Parks Authority, the head of Qumran, the director of Qumran, uh, the National Parks Authority lead archaeologist, and they all looked at my research, and they all, they, the archaeologist, his name is Vikazuk. He came in, he told me, Jim, I'm sorry, I promised you an hour. He said, I can only be here about 15 minutes. An hour and 30 minutes later, he was still sitting there after wow. I began to show him my research. Jim, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. Thank you so much for joining us. This is uh, I love this kind of show where somebody with your expertise has presented a case that other people have tried to, to get authorities to listen to, and they can't. But you've done it in such a way that you've got these people leaning over listening to you 
giving you more time than they anticipated that it would take. And they're saying, by Job, I think he's got it. Stand by, Jim. You and I will return on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. X-Zone Nation, like I said, Jim Barfield is our special guest. His website is www.copperscrollproject.com. That's copperscrollproject.com. And Jim and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't you dare go away. Welcome back, everyone. Jim Barfield is our guest, www.copperscrollproject.com. Jim, is it, do you have any hesitation in presenting the evidence you have to these people in such high governmental positions? Uh, are you afraid that they might take the information that you have and run with it themselves and leave you out of it? No, actually, I don't. I, I'm not worried about that. Um, I didn't join, get into this little venture to make myself famous, to make mm-hmm. myself rich. Uh, I did it because I believe in what I'm doing. If the artifacts that, that the Copper Scroll mentions are actually at this site, and I absolutely believe they are, right. uh, then it's going to be important not only for me, and if you're a religious man, it'll be re- very important for you as well. These are very precious items, mm-hmm. and they're not. it's not about uh, money. It's not okay. about fame. It's not about attention. It's about doing what I believe is right. What effect do you think that this discovery will have on, first of all, the religious philosophies that we've come to know, number one, and number two, society in general? Initially, let's say let's say next week I go to Qumran mm-hmm. and we, we set up a, an archaeological excavation, which we actually have already started one in 2009, Let's say we finish that excavation. We go to the depths that they promised we'd go to. We check the number of sites that, that uh, I requested, five. And let's say we find something. Mm-hmm. That means that means that the, that the document is real. It means that my research is correct. And then it's going to, I, I kind of liken it to 9-11 uh, here in the United States. Uh, the Twin Tower incident. Yeah, how? Everything is going to come to a halt for, you know, a couple of weeks, and then and then there's going to be, I mean, the churches are going to be full, the synagogues are going to be full, and they're going to be, you know, people are going to be thinking it's the time, it's the end of the world. Well, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's, it's the beginning of a, potentially, the beginning of a new age. A thousand years of peace and for goodness sakes my friend look around we uh-huh. are in the most goofy turmoil uh, here in the United States especially goofy turmoil and hatred unwarranted hatred uh, that I've ever seen in my in my young 63 years of life 
And I want my grandchildren to grow up in a world that is at peace. And if these items are found, that means the probability of what the scriptures say, biblical scriptures say, that there's going to be a thousand years of peace may just be around the corner. And that is my goal. All right. I, I, I hear you. I understand you. And as a Christian, I can see where you're going with this. But playing the devil's advocate, if you'll excuse the expression in this case. Please do. Okay. There are other religious philosophies out there. In fact, Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, they certainly outrank the, the number of participants that they have in their philosophy. And then you've got uh, the Islamic people, the Muslims. Does the co- do the Copper Scrolls apply to them as well? Or do, do the Copper Scrolls only apply to believers of Christianity? No. The, the Copper Scroll, if you believe Scripture, the, mm-hmm. it says that, that when these things are found, not when these things are found, but when the temple is restored, when the temple is, is in activation again, it will be a house of prayer for all people. That means it's open to everyone. That's what people don't understand. It's open to everyone, and it doesn't negate. It doesn't negate that what the Hindus, if they believe in love, peace, and you know, do unto your mm-hmm. neighbor or do it to everyone as you would have them do unto you. Right. Then they are very well in the same category because I spoke with uh, the leading rabbis in Israel. They, they currently established Sanhedrin. And what people don't realize that they they are open to other religions, but they don't want them to to influence their what they are teaching, what they are trying to get across. Because I was I was raised um, in church, uh, in a church. Uh, we didn't go to church very long, and we got in and out of it. My family did, mm-hmm. but when I turned thirty five years old. That's when I started going to church. But my my understanding of Scripture changed, which meant that everything that I that I uh, had laid everything on began to focus. It didn't change it. just it just made the focus of it much better. And that's what i what I know is going to happen. If we find these items of the copper scroll, then our religions will come into focus because, uh, Listen, Rob, there is more to come that is going to, I know, is going to blow the socks off of uh, every single religion on the planet. They are going to be going, okay, we need to we need to all just step back, take a deep breath, and realize that God is a God for everyone, and not just for one particular denomination, but particular faith, but there is a really a wonderful light at the end of the tunnel. But what happens if that wonderful light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train? <laughs> well put. You know what? The The reason, and I'm, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little sure. bit. The reason that I feel that the Israelis have not allowed me to finish the 2009 excavation, and, and now understand that the, the Israelis did this under the authority of a gentleman by the name of Yuval Pelek. He was the archaeologist for Qumran at the time, and he believed in my research. And he believed it needed to be tested. 
what what everybody has to understand is that this this doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Israel. It belongs to uh, all of us. Mm-hmm. And it can't be just put into one box and given to one person. But the Israelis need to be the one that are in control of it. Now, I don't think I answered your question, but go ahead. No, 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 no. Uh, once again, my my question is is part of the the inquisitive broadcast investigative journalist that that is steered by the by the devil at times. <clears throat> Where I, where I have to take a look at it, and I appreciate your work. I appreciate your enthusiasm. Man, it is wonderful. It truly is. But how something can influence an entire world... In a world that is in so Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So much turmoil as we are right now. Especially since I can't see this discovery. And you know it a heck of a lot better than anyone else. The, the significance and importance that this discovery would have on such a worldwide basis if it's in Israel, and especially with the way the political scenario is focusing on the Middle East right now. I, could this not be a ticking time bomb instead of a gift from God? Very good question. And let me, let me give a quote. I'm not going to sure. say who gave it, okay. but the, the quote is this that the Temple Mount is an atomic bomb, but the the Ark of the Covenant is the button. So what you're saying is completely possible. Could it cause a, a, a situation? Mm-hmm. Well, if you, if you believe the Bible, you as a Christian, yes. uh, I'm sure somewhat familiar with the Book of the Revelation as, as best as anybody can be. Right. Uh, it's, it talks about a very difficult time. And some those difficult times may come, but they're not going to last forever. There's always a transition period. For example, here in Oklahoma, between uh, February and June, there is a transition period between win- uh, winter and spring, mm-hmm. and there are tornadoes like crazy. And you guys experienced some, some storms the other day, yeah. and I thought about that, that there's always turmoil during a transition uh, from one element or one phase to another. And that's what's going to happen. There's always a transition. There's always a, a difficult phase between, those, between that transition from one to the other. But there's nothing we can do about that. We can't stop the weather. We can't stop fate. We can't stop these things. And if you believe Scripture, then you know that these things are coming. And let's say one guy told me one time uh, a few years ago, he said, oh, my gosh, you're, you know, you're bringing in the Antichrist. And I said, no, <laughs> that's already been done. If you think 
a guy from Oklahoma, a fireman from Oklahoma, is going to bring the Antichrist, you're nuts. <laughs> God, God provides people, and I cannot explain to you. And I, there, I, I wish I had more time to tell you the story about that, how I came to this conclusion. But God uses just simple people to do interesting things and sometimes amazing things because he wants the glory for the, the discovery. And I give him that. I offer him that and I pray about that every night. And I tell Shelley Neese, the author of our book, I said, we've always got to give God the glory because it belongs to him. Did we, did we help and did we facilitate? Yes, we did. All right, Jim, I hate to do this, buddy, but we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exxon Nation, Jim Barfield is my special guest. We're talking about the Copper Scroll Project this hour here on the Exxon. www.copperscrollproject.com. And Jim and I will be back on the other side of the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Just another quick note, the newest edition, the August-September edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper is now up online free of charge at www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. Jim Barfield is my special guest, Exonation, www.copperscrollproject.com. Uh, Jim, have you made any, any attempt to communicate with the Vatican about the Copper Scroll Project? No. No, I, I certainly haven't. I, uh, I just have, I've communicated with uh, local you know, uh, churches and that mm-hmm. sort of thing and groups that I know would support the Copper Scroll Project. And they did. There was a, there's a large movement here in Oklahoma and all around the world where people are beginning to try to understand and reach back to their Hebrew roots. And those guys were just incredible and very, very helpful in, uh, in supporting what I'm trying to do. But the Vatican, no, because I, I, I have to work with the Israelis. I don't have to work with the Vatican. The Israelis... I love those guys, and I, I believe in what they're trying to do. S- some of the things that they do I disagree with, but in the, for the most part, I'm with them on it. All right, but if this, if this find, this treasure trove, has so much significance to, the, to Christianity, why not include the Vatican? Well, it's, it's difficult enough working with one religion— uh, I'm walking, you got to understand, I'm from a, a Christian background mm-hmm. who has understood and, and adopted some understanding from my uh, Jewish roots. I'm actually uh, from a Jewish background or from a Jewish bloodline, and so is my wife. So to work with the Israelis, let's just put it this way, let's to work with the Israelis, uh, the Jewish people and the Christians, I'm walking in a in a minefield with a dead gum blinders on, 
because I could say the wrong thing at any moment and it just explodes in both sides of the fence and I'm in no man's land at this point. But, but it, I'm okay with that. But it could it, also but, work to your advantage. It does work to my advantage. I, I mean working with, with, with just not the Israelis. I understand that the, that the excavations are on Israeli uh, ground. That they, you know, that they hold sovereign rights to whatever it is, but being a being a member of the human race, if this find is as, as significant as you believe it is, doesn't it belong to the world and just not the Israelis? It does, and and I agree with you. Uh, however, it's the Israelis that are in control. It is the Israelis that own, and it belongs to them. I mean, no matter how you toss the dice. They were the ones that uh, built the Ark of the Covenant. They built the tabernacle. They built the table of showbread, the altar of incense. That's their property. And their property that it's on, it's their property. So, uh, regard. I mean, I could go to the Mormons. I could go to the Islam. Uh, but they're not going to be any help to me because they have no authority over this, uh, over this land and over these items. Well, all right. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing a, a little wall being built around this project that, you know, Israel, Israel, Israel. But if this is as significant as you claim it to be, I don't understand why the, the rest of the religious philosophies who may have an interest in this do not have the same, uh, the same rights to it as Israel does, just because it is on Israel's soil doesn't mean that Israel is the only one who should prosper from this. Oh, it's not, a, it's not about prospering. Because these items, Israel knows that these items, uh, for example, I spoke to a uh, Jewish rabbi, a very high-ranking Jewish mm -hmm. rabbi, about these, and he said, this, these items are the dowry for the coming bride. Now, that's, that's for everyone that fits within that category of being, uh, of being part of the bride. And I'm sure you're familiar with that concept. It's, it's about, I want to get the things out of the ground and in secure hands uh, without, because if I include the other face right now, it's going, they are going to throw me out of the country. I'm telling you, that's the way it's going to work. Because they, Israel... The Jewish people have got a teeny, teeny little speck of land, and that's the, all they've got. It's just a tiny little speck of land where Islam has a massive, massive amounts of land, and the uh, Catholic Church, for example, has massive uh, property and all over the world. And in just regular Christianity, same thing. But uh, Jews have a tiny little speck of land. That's it. So as far as being fair, I'm being as fair as I can. And, and again, it's not up to me. It's up to God. Because no matter how much I want these things out of the ground, no matter how much I want to see this, mm -hmm. establish a, a coming kingdom, a world of peace for a, a thousand-year reign of peace, it's not up to me. It's not up to me. It's up to God. And it's, it's his timetable that I have to operate by. But I'm going to tell you this. When I stand in front of God and he says, Jimmy, did you do all you could? I'm going to try. I'm going to look at him and say, I did. 
I tried everything I could think of. I even went on Rob's show to, to spread to the world and tell them. Uh, I took every, every opportunity I could to do what I believed was right and correct. So I would love to be able to tell you that I could make this happen with mm -hmm. everybody involved, but I can't. Then, then let me ask you this. If you don't want other people involved, why are you, why are you on radio? Because we have an international audience. It's just not Canada and the United States. Like, I've got 139 million listeners. <laughs> well, So I, I don't understand the logic behind it. Oh, it's perfect logic. Because you know what? They can pray, too. They can, they can reach God just as well as I can. And it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about the Israelis so much as it is. We all pray for peace. We all pray for uh, you know, a time whenever they, these wars and this nonsense mm -hmm. that's going on. We're praying for the same thing. So I reach out to everyone because I know that in the end of days, at the end of time, and I'm, I'm not talking about the end of the world. I'm talking about the end of a particular age. We are coming. We're at that point. And I want for them to pray like I pray for the peace for my grandchildren and my children, my and yeah. my grandchildren's grandchildren. All right, but how do you know that we're at the 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 times that were talked about in the book of Revelation? There are many people, many theological scholars who believe that the book of Revelation is a lesson to one's self, that it is totally metaphorically misconstrued as being the end of an age, that 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 has anything to do with more than your own self. I completely agree with that. That we are we are at an end of an age, and mathematically, yeah, we are. I mean, it's been 6,000 years since Adam. And if you believe what Scripture says, that 1,000 years is equal to the day, and if you believe that the, the great Sabbath comes at the end of the sixth day, and it begins the great Sabbath, the 1,000-year reign of peace, then you got to go, okay, well, you know, based on the simple math, maybe we are there. Mm -hmm. But maybe we're not. Yeah, well, that very well could be. You know, as an investigator, I'm sure you heard the same thing when you were at the Academy. There's three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth. <laughs> That's very true. You know, so here we're we're taking uh we're taking the words of a book that has been written, rewritten, edited, rewritten. It's the best-selling book in the world, uh, the, as last I understood. It's based on belief. And, and you know, Rob, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. Is your faith. You have, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for everything that comes along. And I'm standing for what that book says. I'm standing for what, what I believe is for peace. And that's what I'm standing for. So I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to stand right there and I'm going to say, let's do this. And if it's there, then there really is something coming. But if it's not, I'll go home, hug the guys as I leave. And get back to my grandchildren and my, my studies. So why hasn't the excavation been completed yet? You know what I think it is? And I'm pretty darn sure that it is. Is 
we started the excavation in 2009. Mm-hmm. But then the uh, the Antiquities Authority that are above that were above Yuval Peleg, and he's a wonderful man. I love him to death for what he what he tried to get accomplished. I think they said stop for the same reason that I told you earlier. You know, the Temple Mount, atomic bomb, Ark of the Covenant is the button. I think they were afraid that if I found something, mm-hmm. and I shouldn't say I, right? If we find something then it, it could create a problem in the Middle East. And the Middle East is always got. That's right, yeah. It's, it's, well, a, it's a continuous powder keg. Now it's not powder anymore. It's nuclear. Uh-huh. All right, stand by, Jim. You and I have to take our final break. And Nation. Jim Barfield is our special guest. We're talking about the Copper Scroll. The website is www.copperscrollproject.com. The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m. And then a special edition on the weekends, once again, from 10 p.m. until 2 a.m. But you can listen to the Exxon Radio Show. Most, uh, let me see, on Talkstar Radio Network, iHeart Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Xena Radio Media, uh, let me see, Simul Radio, and of course, Simul TV. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Exonation Jim Barfield is our special guest this hour, www.copperscrollproject.com. And Jim, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I love what you're doing. I love that you're a man who is who is trying to bring peace and tranquility back to this planet, you know, just re- giving it a reset that it needs. And I wish you and the rest of the members of your team nothing but the greatest of success. Thank you very much. Very kind of you to say that. Um. What do you think the next stumbling block is going to be for you and your team? You know, I think we've, we've already tripped over the most important stumbling blocks. I think with gentlemen like yourself, your program like, you, like what you're putting on here tonight opens a door for me. And it's strangest thing, in the last week and a half, mm-hmm. I've been getting more calls from uh, radio stations, TV producers, and that sort of thing, wanting to get my story out there. And, and, and Rob, I got to tell you, I believe that there's divine intervention. And, and I do believe that something is breaking loose to make this project actually happen. And, and it's like I told you, it's up to God. It's not yep. up to me. Hey, listen, I agree with that 100 percent. But, I've, you know, I've always put my ha- my uh, my 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 life in his hands. And you know what? He's never let me down. And you know what's even more important to me? I have never let him down. Oh, I have. (laughs) Well, we all have at times. You know, but he understands that we try our best. Yes. You know, as as any father would. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So what's your next step? What's uh, what's in the immediate future for you and your team? Uh, the next step is we're going to try to get the uh, our book, the Copperskill Project book, out there. It's on it's on the website. And go on the website, you can do a pre order. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are we are just in the very beginning stages of this, and we got our ebook on there, and it has already hit number one on Amazon in in our category. Uh, so that's what we're trying to do because I believe that this book could open the door. Somebody, you know, that six points of dec- uh, degrees of separation, yeah. right? Somebody out there knows somebody that can help you. I'm just a fireman from Oklahoma. How in the world have I gotten this far w- with this project without some kind of divine help? And, and I'm telling you, somebody out there somewhere may be listening to this show right now. Well, can make a phone call and say, hey, Benjamin Netanyahu, prime minister of Israel, you need to let this guy at least test his theory because it's got a lot of valid points to it. And that phone call may do it. Have you have you have you tried to contact the president? Well, he and I have had beers together several times, but uh, I didn't think about that. No, I haven't tried to contact him. Why not? Well, I don't. I have no idea how to do that. For one thing, that's very simple. The uh, the address is all over the internet. I think it's a big house on Pennsylvania Avenue in in Washington, where he lives. Um, he, you know, he's the kind of guy, whether you like him or not. He's you know the co- he's the kind of guy that can make some, something like this move. I'm going to take your advice. Just, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna contact you whenever I get the results, and I hope it's incredibly positive. And I'm gonna say, Rob, thank you very much. And I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna take your advice on that. You know, and and if you have, uh, you know, send them a send them a, a, a an electronic book. Show them what you're about. Show mm-hmm. them that you're just not somebody out there who 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 has a a, a, a pie in the sky idea. I, you know, like it would be to the benefit of not only Israel, but to the United States, Canada, Great Britain, and Lord knows we need to pull our, our people back together again. And, you know, maybe you and the powers to be are that team that can do it. I, I can't imagine how I would fit into the, the mix, but I, oh, I come would, on. Oh, come on. Listen, give my, Any, give my best shot. Anybody who's a, a smoke eater can do anything. <laughs> well, listen, I, I would rather run into a bank where there's a, where there's a robbery being in pro uh, in progress than what running into a burning building. Well, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd have to argue with you on, <laughs> I was a police officer as well at federal police officer out here at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Right. And, uh, it, it that's a that's a scary doggone situation, and I'm sure you know that. Yeah, I, I do, but still, I used to watch the firefighters. And I'll tell you something. God bless you guys. You know, look at, look at 9-11. It was the firefighters, the first responders who were running in as everyone else was running out. So don't tell me that you don't understand why you've been, why you've been chosen for this. Because you're a first responder, and you're responding to an international crisis. That is one of the kindest things I think I've ever heard. And I, you know what? I've done a lot of interviews, 
but you have made me feel so comfortable, so as if you were sitting right here in front of me. We're just sitting here drinking a cup of coffee and just talking. And I thank you for that. And oh. I thank you for your kind words. It's, it's my pleasure. And whatever I say comes from the heart, good or bad. But I can see the significance of what you're what you're doing and why you're doing it, and I think that that you need that extra push. And if whether it's the president of the United States or the president of uh, prime minister of Israel or whoever, they're going to see your vision, they're going to hear your heart through your voice, and you're going to get the help that you need. Well, I and that's my prayer. My wife and I, and she's sitting here right here with me. We we pray every night about that. Our grandchildren, our children, yeah. the world. How many grandchildren do you have? Fourteen. Ah, oh, geez, I thought I was doing pretty good with twelve, but you got me beat. <laughs> well, they they are wonderful beyond belief, <laughs> and I just love it. And I, when I get done, listen, Rob, when I get done, I want to just come home yeah. and spend time with my grandchildren and let the rest of the world enjoy what is potentially out there for us to find. Well, man, if anybody can do it, you can. Well, thank you. You've got my vote. And if there's anything that I can do for you or our corporate head office, you know, we do a lot more things. And if you'd like, I can send you a list of what we can, what we do. And if there's any way we can help you, just let me know. And you've got my help. Well, listen, please do that. And I I will certainly look into it and I will gladly take you up on that. Well, that's what people do when they try to help each other, right? Amen. So what, what are your five? We've got about two or three minutes left. Thanks, Craig. Um, what are your final thoughts? What, what would you like to tell the world listening to you right now? You've got two minutes. The stage is yours. You've got the microphone in your hand. Jim, I, I do tell, it. I would tell him this, Rob. I, I am simply a grandpa. Mm-hmm. A guy that loves his family and my goal and I cannot explain to you why this fell in my lap and I've got the documentation I've got the research to prove everything that I'm telling yeah and I want I want to do this for the families of the world to heck with the governments because they're the problem of the world I, I want to do this for the families, the moms and dads and grandpas that, you know, doggone it, let's, let's try peace for a while. We've done, the, we've done the combat, we've done the war, we've done the manipulation of the governments to, to shove us together to fight, to make money off of us. Mm-hmm. Let's, try, let's try a little peace and love for one another for a while, and that's where I'm headed with this. Sounds strange? But that's my goal, and, and, and if all the people of the world, call your buddies, call your friends and say, hey, there's some crazy fireman from Oklahoma in the United States that has found something that we need to get out of the ground to see if it helps. You know, there's a song by Josh Grogan that goes, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. That's good. That should be your theme song, my friend. Well, I'm going to find out. I like Josh Grogan, but I don't remember that song. I'll send it to you with my compliments. Thank you very much. Um, where can people find out more about the Copper Scroll Project? And is there a way that they can make online donations to help you guys out? You know, 
I, I don't like doing donations. All right. I don't. If they want to, if they want to buy the book, go to Amazon, buy the uh, ebook, or email me at, at the website you've just described, and and they will. What they do is they they're just uh, applying or what, writing in to let me know that they are pre-ordering. That's all they're doing. Okay. And then once we get everything set up, because we're not even set up yet. I mean, orders are already coming in like crazy. That's good. Yeah, it is, but I'm not ready yet. Oh. My web lady is going crazy <laughs> trying to get everything set up. So that's how they that's how they help is get the word out. Call your buddies, call your friends, and tell them, hey, this crazy guy from Oklahoma may have an incredible find sitting in his lap, and give me a hand with that. Jim, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you, and I do hope that we have the pleasure of talking to you again. And uh, don't underestimate yourself because I see you much more than a lonely firefighter from Oklahoma. I see you as a crusader. Well, thank you very much. And tell all the people out there, well, I'll tell them. Thank you all. And there is hope. And let's give it a try. And may God bless each and every one of you. You, you, Bob, thank you. It's my great pleasure. Take care of yourself, my friend. And Exxon Nation, if you'd like to find out more about Jim Barfield, visit www.copperscrollproject.com. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Mm-hmm.